Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today on Nurse News Analysis with one of my very good friends, uh, another nurse, functional medicine nurse that I respect tremendously uh, as a woman, as a mother, as a nurse, as a teacher, as a researcher, Melissa Schreibfeder. Uh, I have interviewed her on this program. It's probably been over about a year now, but I wanted to bring her in and talk about a few topics that are in the news that's concerning oh, like the, the community, right? Um, especially the nursing community from what I'm seeing with this popular weight loss drug, Ozempic. I want to, or Wigovi, right? Um, I think it goes by those two words. And we are going to dive deep into that today. We are also going to dive into this study that was just released uh, by the Global Vaccine Data Network of over 99 million vaccinated individuals uh, that they have the results that showed that there are safety signals for myocarditis, pericarditis, Guillain-Barre, and cerebral, cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, aka stroke, um, that further identifies that these safety signals require further investigation. Uh, we'll get into the, the breadth of the studies a little bit more. Uh, but first, thank you, Melissa, so much for joining me today on Nurses News Analysis. Thank you, Jody. It's so good to see you. And thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about these topics with you. Yes, definitely. So Melissa and I met, oh, it's probably been about two years ago now. Uh, she, Melissa, why don't you tell a little bit of your background and, and how you came into this space? Yes. Well, Jody, like you, I am also a fed up nurse <laughs> and I do not trust our, you know, three letter agencies in this country. Um, but long story short, um, I was a conventionally trained registered nurse. I ended up getting really sick myself with autoimmune, uh, with an autoimmune condition was um, really underserved in the medical community. And that led me to healing holistically and uh, receiving training as a functional medicine practitioner. So I actually, right before COVID, 
launched a really successful concierge functional medicine practice. And then with all of the shenanigans going on with COVID and so many good nurses being out of work due to the mandates and just the other things that were going on that were so unethical, I then launched Functional Nurse Academy. Um, that way I can train nurses and how to use functional medicine. And then how do you use that to launch a successful practice? And um, I um, also, I offer um, education um, as far as uh, another thing I was seeing just with nursing education. A lot of, you know, educational programs are holistic, but at the end of the day, they're still following CDC guidance. And I do not do that. I think that's what's going wrong with nursing education. So I wanted to offer, you know, a, a better alternative that utilizes uh, very important things such as critical thinking. So um, I've yeah. been really excited about it. I, I, I think, you know, um, creating this parallel healthcare model and then incorporating the nurses because, you know, there's 5 million nurses in our country. And I would say at least half of us are awake to what's going on. Yes. Uh, but then probably only about five or 10% of us have left the system and many still feel stuck in the system and your program, which I went through, uh, was amazing. And now, um, congratulations. I just saw that it was, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a credentialed with, um, go ahead and yeah. talk, talk about that. Yeah, I got really exciting news. So we already were accredited for like nursing education hours. Um, and I did want to tie a board certification to it because as nurses, we all like to have those extra letters. But I wanted to go outside of the system for that board certification. Um, as you probably remember, um, you know, when the CDC and the WHO were recommending like masks and vaccines and all of these things that they didn't have good supportive evidence behind, um, nurses received letters from the American Nurses Association basically threatening us that if we went against the CDC and WHO that we could be disciplined. So I didn't want to have a board certification that is tied to the corrupt nursing boards. So um, we are accredited through the um, American Association of Natural Wellness Practitioners and also the American Association of uh, Natural Wellness Coaches. So when nurses finish my program, um, they uh, would qualify um, for the board credential of functional medicine nurse specialist. They also, if they wanted to get a health coaching credential, they also would uh, qualify for the credential in um, functional nurse wellness coaching. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. I love that. So for all of us that went through your program prior to this, will we be able to have those letters behind our name or is there like another little program we have to do? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm really adamant because, you know, when I first launched the program, like accreditation, is it, it's a process that takes takes time. So even if you were in my like initial cohort yeah. before we were accredited, even for CEUs, um, there is um, I'm creating paths for you guys to where you can qualify. So like, say, if your program um, wasn't accredited yet, um, I'm going to be um, emailing out like coupon codes for you guys to where you can upgrade into the program that is fully accredited that will qualify you for the board um, certified credentials. Awesome. Awesome. That's so great. See guys, here's the thing. It's like, there's so many of us that are doing amazing things. Um, I just interviewed another woman that has a program on um, cardiac care, 
right? For all of, you know, people that go into the emergency room that get diagnosed with heart issues or NSTEMI or heart attacks. And then you go through the process of maybe going to the cath lab, stress test, all of that. But really the medical system fails you in the education portion of it. And the doctors uh, and the nurses there at those clinics uh, they don't have enough time to educate. Uh, but she developed a program that's actually a community of people that have been diagnosed with this as well, that um, that they can come together and talk about what's going on and how they're how they're doing on their goals and um, all the guidelines and, and just tips and tricks. I think um, these private membership communities are where it's at. And also, too, with Melissa's program, she also has a monthly uh, meetup where she goes over case studies to keep people in the loop and up to date on this research. And um, and I don't know where you find all the time to do this, Melissa. You just had a new baby and congratulations on that. She's beautiful. Um, but yeah, you're, you're just, you are my person. I go to first for answers when I, when I have a question that I can't, uh, I can't answer because when I go to you, you will send me all of these resources and, uh, science and data to back it up. So thank you for all that you are pouring into um, the education piece of nursing. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm happy to do it and I'm happy to share my nerd brain with you anytime. But I, I really truly believe that God is using the nurses to clean up this big old healthcare mess. Yep. Yep. I do too. I do too. And it looks like Kimberly uh is joining us now let's see if she wants to pop in here guys hello Sorry, i'm glad you i'm glad you were able to make it absolutely absolutely I, I apologize i came in a little bit late i couldn't remember what time i had it on my calendar but i didn't have a time, the time oh. down. well great anyway but, um I mean, you are here now uh, so we yeah. we were just talking a little bit about Melissa and her background. And you know what, Kimberly, before we get started, you just sent out a new email too uh, for remnant nursing. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we're really, really excited that we are actually, we've made the decision to rebrand remnant nursing into remnant healthcare. And that just to expand the, the disciplines that we are bringing in, we've always been welcoming of other disciplines to come in, but the name, unfortunately, remnant nursing is very um, exclusive. So we want to make sure that we're including and people know that there is a, a place for them at remnant. So we've decided uh, to rebrand to remnant healthcare and we're bringing in physicians, we're bringing in PA nurse practitioners, physical therapy, occupational therapy, because it's going to take all of these disciplines coming together to create this parallel system. The nurses can't do it alone. Um, you know, we, we, well, we probably could, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if anybody could, it's the nurses, right? You know, and I, I very strongly believe that um, nurses, you know, we know that no system can function without its nurses. It's not sustainable without the nurses. The nurses are the backbone of any functioning healthcare system. I think we all can attest to that. Um, but it's so important that we all come together and collaborate and bring our skills, our knowledge, and our expertise to really um, strive for these 
incredible patient outcomes. And only when we come together, are we able to do that. So I'm really, really excited for this, for this change. And we've gotten some fantastic feedback from people who are just so ready to jump on board with what we're doing. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, and, and I know that you've been real busy the last few weeks and I, now I know why, but I have sent you several people that I have met or interviewed, um, psychiatrists, um, you know, um, what else was it? It was detox, um, and recovery people, um, for, you know, all of these people that are addicted to the, to opioids or alcohol or anything. So yes, there, there's been a big demand, um, of people that are wanting to step out of the side outside of the system as well and help people. So I'm glad you are welcoming them. And I know you have been, but I, I think this is just amazing that you rebranded it. So it's not just inclusive of just nurses. Yeah, I think this is this was the way to go. And we're we're really excited. And you know, as you know, Melissa's program is uh, kind of our flagship program for all of the nurses that come through Remnant. Um, we actually require that they do receive functional medicine training. If they are not already trained in functional medicine, we require that they go through Melissa's program because it is it's it's just so incredible. As you know, you've been through it. Um uh, what what she's been able to break down because like myself, when I came out so allopathically trained and questioning everything, it was going through Melissa's program and understanding that we we have to have this other perspective of how yeah. to nurse and how to learn all of the toxic things that we've learned uh, throughout our nursing education. We would just have to take what we can get from nursing school. It serves its purpose, but we have to be able to use those critical thinking skills that they hammered into our head. That's what I couldn't understand throughout the pandemic. You know, as you know, through nursing school, that's all they talk about, critical thinking, critical thinking. <laughs> and then nobody used it. And nobody, nobody used it. it. That's right. Well, you know, since we rebranded the show this year to include the nurse news analysis and Q&As, uh, you know, I have received so many emails from people, uh, I have on, on the schedule to interview, uh, two different nurses, one on the East coast and one here that are both school nurses. Um, I believe one's a high school, uh, school nurse, and then another one, uh, is middle school. Uh, so yes, I mean, people are being encouraged by our voices and, um, and you listeners, thank you for sharing our show and, um, and helping to drive uh, more people to it and more people to the truth, because we are certainly here for it. And, and like we talked before, uh, God is just moving powerfully. You know, it, it, it was a time where, I felt uh, it was just me, you know, be, uh, everybody around me in my circle really wasn't thinking the way I was. And, and here we have it, you know, you guys, you know, around the country and everybody that have been doing their own thing, we are coming together like the remnant. So, um, yeah, so thank you ladies and, um, everyone, there will be links in the show description, uh, on how to get in touch uh, with Kimberly and Melissa. And um, also you can always send your questions, comments, or concerns to nurses at americaoutloud.com. All right, ladies, let's get into it. Um, uh, Fox just released on uh, February 19th, 
a title, Largest Ever COVID Vaccine Study Links Shot to Small Increase in Heart and Brain Conditions. Uh, the researchers from the Global Vaccine Data Network analyzed data from 99 million vaccinated individuals. And at the end of the day, uh, safety signals were shown um, that there needs to be more research because I like to liken this to people. So let me let me just give a little bit of background on what that means. Um, safety signals. That is what we should have been reporting anytime somebody had any type of reaction to the injection. I know this study, I think, goes out 42 days. Okay. Um, but a safety signal is not saying the vaccine caused it. It is a signal to say, hey, we saw this. So we're just going to throw this, these symptoms or, you know, um, what, what we're seeing into this database so that you guys can all look and see, hey, did you get a bunch of the same kind of um, complaints, say heart pressure? right? Um, we know that they come out and they're forthcoming about the pain in the arm at the site of injection, but that's the type of things um, that is a signal. Um, and I like to give people the analogy of um, where there's smoke, there's fire type thing. So a, a safety signal is smoke right? And when they go in and look at it, if you have so many different smoke signals going off, then there's probably a fire somewhere, right? And, and I don't know, guys, can you explain that any better? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of these things that is why mandates are so incredibly wrong. And um, Kimberly, I know when you and I got together and we were so fired up about this and just screaming from yeah. the rooftops because informed consent was impossible without long-term safety data. And I was um, quite surprised that Fox um, published this, but however, when I'm reading these mainstream articles, they mention that these shots are um, necessary to, you know, reduce, uh, you know, long COVID mortality. Um, I significantly disagree with that. There's so much data and so many studies being published that are actually showing the opposite. Um, so when we're going on and we're taking all these boosters and things like that, yet there is this risk of like um, increased mortality or an adverse event. But when that product um, is not, when there's no benefit to that product, then why are we accepting these risks? And, and, and also, you know, following these individuals for 42 days, and they're from healthcare data sets, which we know that healthcare data sets can be easily manipulated. Uh, what I'm really interested to see is what is that like safety profile from five to 10 to 15 years out, because now we're seeing all of these increases in things like cancer and oncologists are even coming out and saying that they're seeing turbo cancers that they haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, here's one of the things too. And I, and I did the uh, posted about this and talked about it on my in Instagram account, nurse for natives. Uh, I was at work and in the middle of the night when it was all slow at like three in the morning, we were talking about um, the topic of, well, of vaccine injuries. And 
I, I brought it up as a matter of fact. And uh, one of the nurses looked at me and I said, well, yeah, guys, I mean, it's experimental. It, it's still experimental three years later. And they changed it from the original experiment. And, and the, she was just looking at me and I said, you knew that, right? You knew that this was never approved, that it was that we were supposed to be collecting the data. And again, she kind of looked at me and I said, okay, tell me how many people did you see come through the emergency room that you asked the question, are you vaccinated? If so, when? And she was silent. I said, you never asked that question, did you? And she said, no. And I said, exactly. And millions of other nurses and doctors didn't ask that question either. So if we were not asking that question, who was collecting that data? And then another nurse jumps in and she goes, oh my God, did I ever tell you what happened to me? I said, no. And she said, well, in December of 2020, I was one of the first people to get the injection. I volunteer, you know, I, I couldn't wait for it. Honestly, I thought I'm doing my part. I am going to, you know, protect myself, protect people. And I get the injection, I leave, and then I go to the Jeep dealership because I had stuff going on there. And all of a sudden, I started having an anaphylactic reaction. My throat started closing. My parotid, which is kind of like at the upper jaw um, by your ear, she said, starts swelling. And she rushed herself back to the emergency room. They had to intubate her. She gets extubated the next morning. She's all, she broke out all in hives, right? Throat closing, gets intubated, extubated the next day. And she said, oh my gosh, it was the vaccine. And they said, no, you can't know that for sure. And she said, I had just gotten it. What else could have it have been? And anyway, she said nobody wanted to document that in her chart. And I said, did you uh, do a report to VAERS? And she said, no, I didn't even know that I could do that. And that's the other thing is that we didn't know about VAERS, guys. The only people yeah. that really, you know, had any, um, you know, interaction with it would have been like the pediatric clinic essentially, right? Because even prior to COVID, I never asked the parents if I saw a kid, were they just vaccinated? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. We, we never asked those questions and we were always taught, you know, the only education we get, and I say this often on vaccines is safe, effective, and necessary. That's all. And we're actually taught that the only thing that could potentially be a reaction would be an anaphylactic re reaction of some sort. Anything else could not possibly be related to these vaccines. Right. But to your point about the nurses not asking the question about the vaccine. So when I was working on, on the triage line at the time, and I was getting all of these phone calls and when I had left bedside, I was already seeing injuries and in the form of paralysis, heart attacks, strokes, all of that, GI bleeds and these weird populations you would not expect to see them in. And when I was on the triage line, it was night after night after night, I was getting these phone calls from, you know, young, uh, mostly males between the ages of 18 and 35 with these like crushing chest pain, all of these cardiac symptoms. And I'll tell you, it was not, we, we were not given this question to ask, but my first question was, did you get vaccinated? When did you get it? 
And, you know, which that, that was my, my own, I did that of my own volition. And I started collecting the data on my own because I was seeing it over and over again. And I made sure that I documented in every one of those notes that the, the, person got the COVID vaccine when they got it and when their symptoms started. And I always noted that they had had no issues previously. Now, I don't think that there were a great number of nurses that were doing that, but we should have been. We should, we absolutely should have been. That's just part of, and we shouldn't have to be told what questions to ask, right? Mm -hmm. We should, as nurses, we should understand as part of an assessment that we know that this new thing is going on, that everybody's getting this vaccine. We should be able to just incorporate that in in our assessment without having to be told or have a protocol in front of us that says, ask this, this, and this, and have a a box to check. You know, we, we, we've got to do better nurses. We've got to do better. Yeah. You know, and when you mentioned- Go ahead, Melissa. <laughs> it's always like this with these like freeway calls, you know. So I was gonna say, um, you, you know, and with functional medicine, we're going down that whole like root cause pathway. And what I am seeing is there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm holistic, I do functional medicine, but they're unfortunately still following the CDC. They're still repeating these mindless mantras of safe and effective and the science is settled, or they lack the courage to uh, assess for vaccine injury or to educate about it because they are so scared of being accused of vaccine hesitancy. I've had other providers that are holistic in nature and they are aware that these injuries are happening, but then they're telling me, well, you know, this person had this new condition, new onset shortly after the vaccine, but I'm scared to say anything to them because I'm scared I might lose my license. And at the end of the day, I feel like there is just, um, you know, these God shaped holes in our souls and healthcare for us not to, um, to, to be more concerned about our paycheck or our license than the safety of the individual that we're working with. But I'm really adamant um, when I do, like Kimberly was saying with the, when we're doing an assessment, um, you know, if you have like a new disorder, we want to assess for triggers. Like, did you have, just like, we're going to say, you know, were you on new medications? We also need to ask, did you have any vaccinations during that time frame? And I've even, I identified injuries from where people were, you know, hospitalized, um, needing surgery, like three months post vaccine administration. Um, so these injuries don't just occur within a couple of weeks or days post vaccine. Um, there can be, um, you know, serious things that can occur months after, because we know that the spike protein can linger in the body for several months. We don't know how long that spike is lingering in the body, um, post, uh, uh, mRNA injection. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when we talk, well, let's talk a little bit. Well, for this study, let's just um, go through it a little bit. So this study assessed, um, there were, these were the countries involved, Uh, Argentina, Australia, Victor, Canada, New Zealand, and Scotland. Okay. The United States did not participate. No, United States did not participate and we had the highest death rate. So I can only imagine if we were, you know, gave them ours, like if they used open VAERS safety signals, right? Um, How, 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 you know, much higher these numbers would be, but yeah, no, 
I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, no, um, America didn't participate in this. Not, not surprising. And I got, I had this sent to me this morning, a nurse that I used to work with in the ICU sent me this, uh, the headline COVID vaccines linked to small increase in heart and brain disorders study finds, but risk from infection is far higher, which is, I mean, I can't say that word on radio because Malcolm will get mad, but it's true. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I, not true. Uh, that, that's, that, that's something I see too, is, is people are like, oh, well, you know, the side effects don't happen to everybody. And I'm like, it's a side effect. It's not supposed, there, there's a certain like, a, like, like level of side effects that we deem appropriate in medicine when we're weighing against, you know, risk versus benefit. But I did pull an older study that was done back in 2021. And this was an Israeli study. And it was showing that and, and I really wanted to hit on like, the children, the adolescents, people that really are at virtually like a healthy child is virtually at zero risk of an adverse event from infection. But we saw from this study, boys from the ages 12 to 17, their risk of being hospitalized for a cardiac adverse event from the vaccines was 3.7 to 6.1 times higher than their 120 day hospitalization risk from the infection. And that rate of like 3.6 to 6.1 times higher is just for cardiac events. We're not talking about like the gastrointestinal issues, um, the um, neurological injury. There's so many other things that could lead you to be hospitalized from after receiving these vaccines. Um, and I also see a lot of propaganda in the news about uh, saying that like, oh, you know, it's actually COVID that's causing this increase of, you know, cancer and um, cardiac events. Um, but then you read the article and it usually will say something like experts claim, which that's a big old red flag because you can pay yeah. an expert to say anything you want them yeah. to say. Yeah. Absolutely. What was the name of that study? Do you know it off the top of your head? Um, yeah, um, I have it. I'll, I'll pull it up right here. <laughs> of course um, she I does. Also have it. Well, let's have uh, the girl. Let me tell you. Okay. It blows my mind. Um, so, okay, so it's called um, SARS-CoV-2 mRNA Vaccination Association Myocarditis in Children's Ages 12 to 17, a stratified national database. Mm -hmm. And who's the first author? Okay, give me a second. My link. No, that's okay. We'll put it in the show notes. That's fine. Uh, but I think, you know what, Jody? I think uh, the, we're starting to see a, a turn, right? Because yeah. we, we saw this, I mean, even though they're admitting it and they're only admitting it that it might be affecting a small amount of people, which is crazy because even just anecdotally with what with the people we know, we can, we know it's not a small number. But we see um, uh, today we saw, and I, I reposted Mary Tally Bowden, Dr. Mary Tally Bowden posted about um, uh, a mom that had to perform CPR on her 18-year-old daughter Unfortunately, she passed away. Um, they did not know she had gotten the COVID vaccine, and she had she ended up passing away from myocarditis. And that was reported by Shay Razi on Fox Twenty Three. Um, so we're starting to see it kind of yeah we're starting to see it kind of um, kind of leak into the mainstream. People are actually starting to have the the courage to stand up and report on things like this. So I think we're seeing it a little bit more. And yet I hope that more and more people are going to be encouraged and inspired to have that courage to, to stand up and report the truth of what's mm -hmm. happening. We've all been lied to. Yeah. By the way, sure. I did get that. Mm -hmm. I, I did get that link to work. So first author, last name is Hoeg, H-O-E-G. 
Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah. So this, so this study that came out, um, you know, with this 99 million vaccinated individuals, you know, they, they show that, um, the adverse events of special interest, um, is across, you know, the neuro, uh, blood and heart. So brain, heart, and blood neurological, um, had um, <laughs> you want me to say this, um, blood, uh, had, had hematological and cardiac outcomes. Um, but you know, these whole died suddenlies, uh, you know, cases or people dying in their sleep, uh, th that is, that's a, that's a blood, like a hemorrhage, right. Or a stroke that happens. And, um, and we're certainly, you know, they, they show it that, um, that, that, um, Gillian Bure and, um, even, uh, encephal encephalomyelitis, which is, um, the swelling. Right. And so, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on. So yes. How about nurses that are listening to this program or anyone like, you know, if you feel like you were injured, you can certainly go into the VARES database, uh, get your lot number, um, you know, from the injection that you took and, um, put that information in and let's just flood it. You know, let's, let's just, you know, put that out there, even though we know that it's an antiquated system, um, you know, I know that that helps people because people ask me, you know, uh, what can I do? And I say, you know what, put your file, a file, a, um, a complaint with VAERS, you know, put it in there. And, um, and I think psychologically that helps them, you know, kind of move on from it a little bit. Yeah. Well, we all need to feel like we're doing something and we all need to do something. We all, even if it's just using our voice yeah. to, to sound the alarm, you know, and, and many of us have been doing that since early on. And I know, you know, Melissa and I, when we first got together, like she was talking about earlier, we were screaming this from the rooftops about the, the, the shots being all risk and zero benefit. Um, and Melissa had the numbers at the time, which was very early on in the role. What was it like, to, um, uh, August, 2021. Yeah, yeah, we met up in like I think it was the summer of 2020, and it was such a blessing. Yeah, we were so fed up. And you I know what, ladies? So I'm sorry, well, I am way overdue for a break. Um, so I uh, let let's uh, stop there on on the way. Uh, you know, when we come back on the other side of this break, let's talk about that popular weight loss drug Ozempic. I'd want to hear your thoughts on that, Kimber uh, Kimberly and Melissa, and um. And as always, guys, check out our show sponsor, uh, ASEA. ASEA Redox Signaling Molecule Gel. It helps with inflammation. It helps with skin issues. It helps with pain. Um, I use that all the time. Uh, my friend just had a, a bump on her head and um, and was picking at it. And, you know, uh, I see it to the rescue again after one day. So um, go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get the exclusive discount for America Out Loud Talk Radio listeners. And we'll be right back. It's time and ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health and supporting gut health 
to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. When God, through His grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on Nurses Out Loud. Uh, we have about 20 minutes or so in this uh, segment, ladies. But Melissa, why don't you get started and um, talk to us about Ozempic, and then I will um, talk to you about what I'm seeing in the emergency room. Yeah, sounds great. So I really wanted to ad address it today. Uh, so one of my specialties in functional medicine um, is working with cases such as weight loss resistance. And I have been very alarmed with how much this drug is being promoted. And I'm also really discouraged seeing that so many providers, even holistic providers, are prescribing these drugs left and right with little knowledge of how these drugs actually work in the body and could impact health long term. So just to give you guys a little uh, summary, um, so these are GPL-1 agonists, which is a synthetic peptide. These are peptides that are, you know, naturally produced, um, but we are kind of flooding the body with a lot of this synthetic peptide. Um, when we talk about um, drugs like um, ozempic 
Olympic Wachovia. So a, an interesting fact about how these drugs are created, they are actually derived from, they're, um, they're derived from a, uh, from derivatives from a venomous lizard in America called the Gila monster. Gila. So you I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm you know behind on my <laughs> lizard knowledge. <laughs> well, I live here, monster. so it's Gila monster. Yeah, yeah. But I just you know, so, so it's important to know like where you know where how is your drug being derived, right? And um, so another thing that is um interesting is so it's it's a diabetic drug, but it is being um it's been used for off label for things like obesity. But what we're seeing is that it's being prescribed for people who aren't morbidly obese but just want to slim down. We also know that the very corrupt American Association of Pediatrics has unfortunately recommended this um, for children as young as 12. Um, it's a big, big money maker because not only is there the, this, this massive demand for weight loss drugs in our country, but when people take these drugs, the side effect profile is horrendous. And these individuals can suffer long-term impacts from this drug that may require ongoing use of, um, you know, medications just to, to control the side effects. And um, something else that's interesting, um, Jody, I sent you a headline and it was like, drugs like Ozempic help with depression. So of course, I just saw propaganda written all over that. I clicked on it. Um, well, it was basically from, um, again, healthcare data, expert opinion. And one thing that's interesting about these weight loss drugs is they act on the um, monoamine receptors, which are like neurotransmitters. We know that weight loss drugs since the 1960s that act on these receptors tend to have side effects of suicidal ideation. And many of these drugs that are acting on the monoamine receptors have been pulled from the market, like over 20 of them have been pulled from the market since the 1960s. And um, so uh, something else interesting to know about um, pharma, pharma is smart. <laughs> pharma is very good at deceiving the public and pushing their drugs and getting doctors to do what they want. So in the trials for Ozempic, they intentionally excluded individuals with a history of suicidal ideation and other similar mental health conditions. And we know that these drugs are being so widely prescribed. Um, I, I actually had an example of this. And in my practice, um, I had a lady that I, I did her full workup. She wasn't morbidly obese, just had some extra weight. She couldn't get to budge. I saw that one of her thyroid hormones was clinically low, which all the time when I see this thyroid hormone low, it's I know it's going to uh, cause uh, you know delays in your metabolism. So I wrote a letter to her doctor recommending that she have a thyroid hormone adjustment. Um, and then um, her doctor, instead of adjusting her thyroid hormone, prescribed her Ozempic. So I'm just seeing, I, I, and, and I, I honestly, I... I, not everyone shares their medical information. I cannot even tell you how many people I know personally that are taking these drugs. Same, same, yeah. same, same. It, it is crazy. You know, just a, a quick little story. Uh, I worked with another nurse uh, a couple of days ago and she was saying, she, she told uh, the doctor, she said, Hey, yeah, I've been on the, and she's morbidly obese. And she said, I've been on, um, I've been on Wagovi for a month now and I'm down eight pounds and the doc's like, Oh good. Yeah. I was thinking about getting on that too. And I said, Hey guy, I, I said, Hey, I've been, um, 
I, I gave up uh, sugar and starchy carbs and I'm down seven pounds in a week. And, uh, and they were like, oh, that's good. And so we started talking a little bit about it. And I said, you know, that the reason why this is working is because um, the, the venom paralyzes your phrenic nerve, which delays gastric emptying. So your stomach feels fuller longer. And she said, yeah, it kind of took me back to my gastric bypass days. And I said, you had a gastric bypass? And she said, yeah, now I am eating the same amount as I did after I had my surgery. And I looked at her and I go, see, girl, I said, it, you know, if we do not figure out why we are overweight and the root causes of why we're using food as comfort, um, none of it, it will never be free from it. And she goes, you know what? You're right. And I left it at that. But isn't that interesting? You know, and also when we talk about just understanding how the body works and the metabolism, um, we know that when the body's toxic burden is high, the body can send signaling to cause you to more to store more calories as fat. So say that your toxic burden is really high, the body can then increase your insulin levels, which will send the signaling to store more calories as fat because as a protective mechanism, when there's toxicities in the body, the body will want to store those in your fatty tissue to protect your vital organs. So another um, point here is um, what happens when we force the body to lose weight when the detoxification pathways are not open and we're completely disregarding what is happening with your sex hormones. Um, what about your um, nutrient status? We need to have sufficient nutrients for hormone production, for detoxification. And the side effects are horrendous. And um, people that are taking this, a lot of them don't understand that this drug is really altering um, just the their physiology of how the body is supposed to work. We know that things like neurotransmitters are produced in the gut. So when we're delaying gastric emptying, what kind of effect is that going to have systemically on the body? And I have heard so many stories of, you know, that does depression, suicidal ideation, severe stomach pain, nausea, vomiting, people having still having severe side effects, even when they stop these medications. And then also um, there is about 40% of this weight loss that occurs is actually from muscle loss. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah, you I think say it's something important. really? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to know because like you said, so many people are on this so many, and I've seen so many doctors and nurses and I'll tell you, I, I considered it myself and I, and I know better. Right. But it's so, you know, we go through this, you know, I'm in the middle of menopause. It's a complete nightmare. It's a total nightmare. I've gained 30 pounds and I'm like, okay, but just, I want to do anything. I feel like I'm desperate to get this weight off. And yeah. so I did, I considered it. And, and Jody was like, what are you nuts? <laughs> like, so, you know, but like you said, Jody, it goes back to, you know, if we're not getting to the root cause, it doesn't matter what we do and what temporary fixes we we use. That weight is always going to come back. I've been chasing the same 30 pounds for years. I lose it. I gain it back. I lose it. I gain it back. And that's only going to happen again. But with all of these different, you know, side effects and toxins and I, I call me crazy, but I do not feel comfortable injecting myself with pharmaceutical products any longer. Like I'm good. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I tell people I work in a small town ER, really yeah. small town. And at least once a week where I'm having somebody come in over the last three weeks, I just started there a couple months ago. And, you know, just very recently, a couple of days ago, woman just started out on, on um, the Ozempic and she had intractable um, nausea and vomiting, which means she could not stop. She, you know, they gave her the Zofran and she still was. And that was on week one with a low, quote unquote, low dose. I think it was 0.5 milligrams. Um, don't quote me on that. I, I, but then there's another doctor, Dr. Uh, Tina that I've had on the show, um, and that I follow and she's a big proponent of it when given, uh, properly. She said, she said that people are just getting too high of doses. And so, you know, and full disclosure back in, I, maybe it was, no, it was 22, a really good friend of mine that just graduated from functional medicine, opened up her own practice with another doctor. Uh, she put me on it and I was on it uh, for a month and I didn't notice it. I, my, um, I started having really bad constipation and, and I'm a regular like once or twice every day. And I, and I wasn't. And so she put me on like um, magnesium or whatever, but I, I didn't feel any effects of it. And then just something in my spirit was like, get off of it. And I got off of it. So, um, so there's that. But then another friend of mine, she lost 50 pounds on it, but you know, her and I, we just met up and we went out to eat and she's off of it now for six weeks and she takes a couple bites and she's like, I'm done. And I said, you're done. And she goes, yeah, girl, I can't eat like I used to. And I go, but you're not even eating at all, <laughs> you know? And she said, well, I'd rather drink. So if I can't do both. And I go, what do you mean? And she's like, my stomach, it's never been the same. And uh, when she pushed herself and, you know, had a couple extra, you know, bites of food, she started sneezing and uh, burping. And no hiccuping. And I said, mm -hmm. what's going on? And she goes, I do that all the time. Now, if I eat too much, I will um, sneeze. And she's like, but you know what? You know me. Um, I can't be overweight. I'd rather die than be overweight. So if this is the side effect mm -hmm. and what I have to deal with for the rest of my life, I'm good with it. To each their own. I've seen so many people um, and, and in, in America you would be so surprised by what people think is healthy. And I will say, like, I was guilty of this too. I grew up on <laughs> junk food. So a lot of times uh, I've helped a lot of people lose weight by just getting them off of this processed packaged foods and getting them on the foods that God designed for us to eat. Um, and also, you know, when you are uh, exposed to things like endocrine disrupting chemicals and obesogens and things like that. And that's another pet peeve I have with the Ozempic is doctors will prescribe it, but they don't talk about these other root causes of obesity. Cause it's kind of like, if you have a really low metabolism because your hormones are off, but then we give you Ozempic and then we just mess up your GI function. You mm -hmm. still have those hormonal imbalances. And another thing, um, you, you know, in our country, we're so, so nutrient deficient because our crops are not, they're so mineral depleted. I mean, I, I heard a statistic, it was like, you have to eat, 
eight carrots to get the nutritional content that one carrot had like 50 years ago. So people are super low in nutrient status. A lot of diseases are really just latent nutritional deficiencies. So then when we use things like Ozempic and this person who already likely had an underlying illness that was going under their radar, probably from nutrient deficiencies, now we're even decreasing the levels of nutrients we're able to get into their body. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because, because it's not, they're not absorbing it properly, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I wish there was a magic pill guys, because if there was, I would take it. I, I have been going up and down with my weight for years. I thought finally when, you know, I turned 40 and changed my life, um, that was nine years ago. And I kept the weight off that I had battled that, um, that addiction, that emotional bond that I had with food. And then when I blew the whistle, um, it just, you know, kept creeping up and up and up. But, you know, I am like, you know, Melissa and Kimberly, you know, we, we have got to be examples to people, you know, and there is no quick fix at all. And when you put in the, the hard work, you know, and you discipline yourself because it can't be willpower. Willpower is not going to, um, it may give you results, but that it's not sustainable. It's being disciplined and moving forward. Like how, what can you eliminate? Um, and, and what can you bring in daily to your life, you know, or make little changes, you know, in the truth movement for the month of March, we're going to be addressing all of these uh, we're addressing, um, you know, chewing your food, gut health. Um, Melissa is going to be speaking to the movement in March um, and and talking about hormones and gut health. And uh, and we're going to dive deeper in there and we'll start and we'll talk about diet plans, because I do believe that there are different diet plans for different people. Some people do very well, you know, with, um, you know, a vegan diet. Um, some people do very well, like myself on more of a protein based diet and eliminating, you know, the starchy carbs. And, um, so yeah, we're, we're gonna, you know, address that. And then also too, I think nurse Michelle, um, is setting up another, uh, show on our network that we're going to talk about the diet plans as well. So that will be coming forward, um, soon, uh, cause I know a lot of people want to, get fit for the summer. Right. And, um, yeah, let's start now. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it's so important what you said, Jody, that, you know, that that's what stopped me from doing the Ozempic was realizing that, you know what I'm out here and people are looking to me to be an example. And here I am trying to bring health and healing and talk about all of these natural ways to heal in these more holistic matters. And here I am thinking about getting an, an Ozempic. And I thought, what hypocrite, what kind of hypocrite are you to do something like that? I want to be that living, breathing example of what I'm trying to bring to the world, which is health and healing. So that is why I, I just decided, no, I, I'm not going to do this. Um, I, I just, I want to be that example for the people that follow us on Nurses Out Loud, for the people that follow me at Remnant Nursing and and really go about the the natural ways of, of healing and getting to the root cause. So it'll be an interesting case study, if nothing else. Yeah, for sure. Any last uh, closing thoughts, Melissa? Oh, let's see. Okay, yes. Um, 
So uh, to give you guys just an idea about this, um, when I work with clients in, in my private practice, one of the first things I ask them is, who is your PCP? Are you happy with your PCP? I see this pattern over and over that uh, people I work with who are seeing these um, conventional run-of-the-mill providers that follow you know, our three-letter agencies, I tend to see worse health outcomes with them. So please, please, if you have one of these conventional providers that is just trying to write script after script for you, um, recommending COVID shots, things like that, please run for the hills. Um, I'm actually finding that um, nurse practitioners, there's a lot of nurse practitioners out there that are in network with insurance that um, offer primary care that are open-minded and more holistic. Yeah. Um, so please just make sure you're under the care of, of a good provider. And then also, you know, um, with these medications, like pharmaceutical medications have, you know, very serious risks associated with them. So make sure that you um, review um, the insert of any product that you consider, um, you know, uh, taking orally or especially injecting into the body. Because when we inject some, when we inject something into the body, that's a 100% absorption rate. So just, you know, having a good healthcare team and just being, you know, well informed to be able to make those, um, you know, really critical decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, you know, guys, look into if you have a health savings account, uh, you know, there you can many times uh, use your health savings account to see practitioners such as Melissa or even Kimberly, I wonder. I wonder, Kimberly, do you know if you have people that are using their health savings account to get uh, blocks of time? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yes, we will accept. We will happily accept health savings accounts. However, I will say that with this, the disclaimer that it is up to the plan administrator yeah. to determine if they um, they consider us a qualified uh, service provider. But we are happy to accept them. But I always tell people to just confirm with their uh, plan administrator that we would be a qualified service. Yes. Yep. And then, you know, if it goes through, it goes through. I mean, I know mm -hmm. people, you know, I, I even used mine for Botox once, you know, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, did the card work? <laughs> They're like, yeah, I was like, sweet. <laughs> but yeah. I haven't I haven't done any of that now in like three years. I haven't got injected with anything. So uh, <laughs> I may need to. We're done with all that. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me on this episode of Nurses uh, Out Loud Nurse News Analysis. And until next time, everyone, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time and